Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Glad to be with you today. And I've just been looking at a lot of the updates of what's been going on with the Freedom Convoy now up at the Canadian-Montana border. And this has been wild. Some of the photos and videos they now, the truckers are now blocking the key Montana crossing route for the beef and farm equipment main transfer point into Canada to protest basically these injection mandates. And what's ironic now is that Trudeau has gone into undisclosed hiding and he did a little like Skype interview yesterday and responded on why he will not meet with the truckers and why he would meet with the Black Lives Matter terrorists while they were firebombing and Molotov cocktailing huge portions of cities all over the North American country, uh, basically because the truckers are protesting hateful rhetoric is what they're putting out there. That's what he said, his, quote, hateful rhetoric, and he refuses to meet with them and will not address them. And ironically, what's so funny about this, the small fringe minority that he first referred to these truckers as has now turned into a vehicle convoy of over 45 miles long, which obviously is not the small fringe minority any further. That is a huge convoy. And so, again, I have to give these truckers a standing ovation on this. This is something that had to be done. I'm glad to see this is happening. However, as I have repeatedly told everybody, this is going to have side effects on the entire country when it comes to supply chain issues. Now, is it something that needs to be done right now? Yeah, it is. Is it something that basically is not going to be comfortable and is going to cause issues all across the country? Yeah, it is. Is it something that absolutely just has no other option right now to occur? Yeah, it is. And that's why I've encouraged people over the last year to make sure you get prepared and you understand what's going to occur with this. This is kind of a double-edged sword that the banker boys have been doing, and they've used individuals like Trudeau and like Kumo and basically Newsom and all these other clowns to cause division, to cause problems and push back. And then when anybody actually says no and they don't comply, well, then they're the hateful rhetoric minority fringe group, and essentially it's all our fault because we don't want to comply with what's going on. This is the way they're going to spin it. This is the way they've spun it for the last two years, the same thing they've done by saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which now we've seen as a complete and total lie. So when they lose a handle on the narrative, they go out with a full-blown attack on the reasoning for people not wanting to give up their liberties and freedoms and rights that were given to them by God Almighty. This is a very common strategy that the banker boy globalist clowns do on a regular basis. So it's very important we continue to support the groups that are standing for freedom, and we also continue to maintain and support freedom the best we possibly can. Because, again, as I continue to tell people, this isn't going to slow down until everybody, if for the mass majority, continues to push back. As we're seeing now, more and more and more individuals are having horrific side effects. I saw an article earlier about a 20-year-old model who suffered basically a full-blown heart attack following myocarditis diagnosis after she received both jabs. Now she's had such severe blood clots at Tampa General Hospital, uh, basically they're now going to have to amputate one of the, her legs she's basically showing. And she coded twice, coded twice. I mean, they had to paddle her. I mean, that, I mean, like dead, heart attack, dead. Got her back to life, 
and basically her vascular system is in such horrific shape right now that they're going to have to basically amputate body parts. This isn't an uncommon occurrence anymore, my friends. There's an article now that came out from a viral video from the military's own Defense Medical Epidemiology Database, DEMD, shows vaccine-induced side effects within the DOD ranks has skyrocketed. The database was referenced by Attorney Thomas Renz at a panel discussion held by Senator Ron Johnson, Republican out of Wisconsin, last week titled COVID-19, A Second Opinion. I'll post this on the website. During the panel, Rent stated via three whistleblowers that post-vaccination miscarriages and cancers were up over 300% among military in just the last year alone, and that neurological neurological disorders have increased 1,000% among DOD personnel. He said, I have declarations from all three that this is data under penalty of perjury, and we intend to submit this into the courts. Rents went on to describe that substantial data shows the levels of miscarriages, neurological orders, disorders, cancer, and numerous other health problems has literally all triple digits skyrocketed over the last year alone. The video breakdown produced by military whistleblower group, whistleblower group Terminal CWO claims to be made up by active duty chief warrant officers back up Rince's claims that adverse reactions are on the rise since the COVID injection. And this is why I've continued to speak the truth and give everybody what's going on over out here. They're saying now that Gillian Ball, Gillian Ball syndrome, Bell's palsy, all this stuff. It, and here's the part that irritates me the most, and this is what I talked about on the Hagman show on Friday. The slideshow from the FDA blatantly showed over 30 severe adverse events to be aware of and on the lookout for from the Pfizer injection when they did the slideshow presentation, when they gave an emergency use authorization back towards the end of 2020. I've put it up on the website before. Everybody's seen it. Literally almost every single severe side effect that we're seeing now has been on that list, including pericarditis, myocarditis, Bell's palsy, all the stuff. And it's so they knew what was going to happen or they wouldn't have told everybody to be on the lookout for these severe side effects. Yet you're still seeing mandates and requirements even here in the United States. And this is why. The truckers are having such a fit. This is why people are pushing back so hard, and this is why it is so important to continue to get the truth out there because there is so much misinformation. I saw an article earlier from the doctor, Meryl Nas, who basically has had her her MD license suspended now, and what happened was she basically was calling out everything that was going on. And the main board of licensure suspended her license to practice medicine for spreading misinformation. The board concluded that the continued ability of Dr. Nas to practice as a physician in the state of Maine constitutes an immediate jeopardy to the health and physical safety of the public who might receive her medical services. It is necessary to immediately suspend her ability to practice medicine in order to adequately respond to the risk. That was verbatim from the licensure board. They cited for her treating COVID patients with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. The suspension order even mentioned her calling the COVID injections nefarious and suggested there was more substances in the vaccine that the government wanted to inject us with, and she called the CDC a criminal agency. I can't really argue with anything that she said. And here's here's the part that everybody will really get a kick out of. To get her medical licensure back, 
the board scheduled a hearing with Nas to hear her testimony. But before she could go give her testimony at the hearing, she was ordered to undergo a neuropsychological evaluation by a psychologist specifically selected by the board. I'm not joking. So the board picked a shrink that she had to go see and talk to for whatever extended period of time now before she could even have her hearing to give her testimony about all the information that she's had. Now, here's the part that really is interesting. In all the claims that they made against her, not one of them said that she killed her patients by basically giving them ivermectin or that her patients weren't recovering from COVID due to her protocols. Or that basically she was giving experimental research drugs to her patients. No, 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 no. She wasn't doing any of that. She was promoting natural nutrients like vitamin C along with prescription stacks with ivermectin, both of which have been numerously documented for decades. Ivermectin was approved for human usage back in the 80s. And there's been very little, if any, severe side effects that have occurred with that product. And vitamin C, well, I've talked about vitamin C for years, so has dad. You guys have seen the research with that. It is crucial for the body. It's unbelievably good, especially if you do it intravenously with somebody that's got a viral infection. So none of their claims were that she was injuring people or that she was causing severe bodily injury or death. It was the fact that she was causing jeopardy to the safety and physical health because she essentially wasn't going along with the mainstream narrative. This is grossly troubling. This is what you start having happen in a collapsing society where the narrative can no longer be met by the tyrannical government. So they start imprisoning people and restricting people and suspending people for speaking out against anybody. This is a total and complete jeopardy of the Constitution. And so when you start seeing stuff like this, you have to understand very clearly they are going for blood on this. They are they are full blown deep, fully fully vested in this now. So when you start seeing the truckers, and I've seen people make comments and people go, "Well, this is just this is going to mess up the supply chain," and they're they're hurting us while they're doing it. Yeah, there's going to be some uncomfortable factors with this. There are going to be some issues that occur with this. But at the end of the day, where does the line get drawn? Where does everybody continue to keep complying with, and how long do people keep submitting to full-blown tyranny without standing up and saying no? Here's the thing. If everybody that was awake decided that they wanted to be at least moderately self-sufficient and have some backup food buckets or backup beans and rice or backup MREs and backup stored water, whatever fits your budget and fits your area – and everybody started coming together in community groups and working with one another with having security groups and supporting one another, nobody would care if we started having severe supply chain issues because everybody would be well-equipped and well-prepared for what was coming ahead. The problem with it is we have become such a soft country that most people don't want to plan anything past their two- or three-day weekend. It's coming up my week. I got my weekend coming up. I want. I don't want to be bothered with anything. I'll deal with it next week. That's pretty much what everybody's motto is now. That's why they say the average person has no more than three days of food in their shelf. Don't be the average person. Don't be the normality. You look back at how the pioneers traveled. You look back at the Oregon Trail and moving to Montana and all this stuff that we did back in the late 1800s and moving out west. And you look back at how tenacious and how aggressive and how self-sufficient everybody was. And my goodness, how far have we fallen in the last hundred years? 
to the fact now that we don't even want to stand up and say no to somebody trying to inject us with experimental shots. But yet, if somebody wants to take a drug that's been approved for almost 40 years for parasites that works towards COVID, suddenly they're a tinfoil quack. That shows you the level of insanity that's ensuing and why we have to continue to push back. What do you think, Deb? You know, Austin, we covered it years ago, and we've talked about it repeatedly since then, about trust fund babies and how the United States, how all of us who are basically the children of the immigrants that came over after the Civil War and after World War One and World War Two, how they basically stood against tyranny and stood against their sometimes native countries who were trying to suppress them to come to the United States to be free. Be able to have a business, to have a job, to be able to work and do what they want, to have freedom of speech. And we were given all this because of the blood of the patriots. That's exactly what did it, because of the blood and the sacrifice of the patriots. And because of that, now we're 70 years into this trust fund baby mentality and third or fourth or fifth generation into it as far as birth. And these people who basically are now running the United States of America and who basically live here in many cases, they no longer have a can-do attitude and an attitude of, hey, look, you know, we were once pioneers here. We were once, you know, settlers here. We were once immigrants here. We've got to save what we had. They don't have that anymore. You know, I've talked about this multiple times on the show, and I, I know this to be a fact, and I've seen it repeatedly. If a person comes in and they make a lot of money in the United States, and they, they do really, really well, and that by the next generation that they're basically uh, if they keep the money stable and they teach the first generation you know who basically have the children how to do what they've done they can maintain that fortune sometimes into the second generation but invariably probably 95 percent of the time unless it's put into special how should i say trusts and being run by attorneys and basically investment advisors by the third generation the money's all gone and that entire generation of people are completely and totally broke and angry I'm going to say this, and angry because they don't have the money that their grandfather had anymore or their father had anymore because of the trust fund babies. These are the ones that go out and they go buy. The, the father starts a business. The mother starts a business, so they work their butts off, and, and they finally do okay. They save some money for the next generation, and the next generation comes out. They go out and buy the fancy cars and the uh, you know the exotic cars, and the next generation goes out and buys the rest of them, and pretty soon all the money and all the Information and all the, you know, all the, all the, all the, all of what they did is gone and it's spent. The problem is that third generation doesn't know what they did to get to where they were. And that's what we have in the United States. And then they start relying increasingly more on the government to help them and to regulate. If you read the books Atlas Shrugged or watch the movies, you can see this. You can see how the government comes in and increasingly regulates to make it a level playing field to spread the wealth around like, the gay Kenyan said with his transgender wife, all of these people are part of this. And we see this because they, they run the narrative. And then we get attorneys like Tom Rents, who, by the way, I have his contact information. If you guys would like to have him on the show, I can contact him to try to get him on the show. And I have some friends of mine who basically know him really well. And uh, he basically uh, can come on the show if you guys want him on. Depends on how much time he has right now because he just did this big testimony. Let me give you an example of what he said. This is a, this, 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 this meeting that he did. We have substantial data showing that we saw, for example, miscarriages increasing by over 300% over a five-year average. We have almost a 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average, Rent said. 
We saw this one's amazing neurological, so neurological issues which would affect our pilots have over a thousand percent increase, Rent said. He's talking about what's happening in the military. And he goes, ten times, ten times the pilot damage. He goes, that's ten times the rate, Rent's firm, and pointed out they saw an increase of 82,000 neurological issues this past year. Wow. And that's not all, he says. Three military doctors, Samuel Sikloff, Peter Chambers, and Teresa Long have declared under penalty of perjury that these numbers are now across the board of multiple disorders. Myocardial infarction, a 269% increase. Bell's palsy, 291% increase. Congenital malformation for children from military personnel, 156% increase. Female infertility, 471% increase. Pulmonary embolism, 467% increase. On and on and on. But now, of course, the military is coming out now saying that he misinterpreted some of this data. And this information is not accurate, which is what they always do, isn't it? Whenever you read their own data back to them, they come up and they've got to say, we've got to do the fudge factor. Now, we've got to change the data so you can't read it. Remember a few years ago, they found out that the mRNA vaccine, and I'm sorry, not the mRNA vaccine, the, the, the MMR vaccine with young boys was massively increasing the risks of autism in these young boys. And the people who discovered this, you know, with the CDC, FDA, et cetera, uh, they were told basically to burn the files and to destroy the data, destroy the research so they couldn't be released. Yeah, that happened too, but nobody wants to talk about that anymore either. Now we have one in 32 children in the United States because of these vaccinations, these MMR vaccines, you know, have autism. And, of course, all of the aluminum and all the other adjuvants. I did a whole book on this years ago. You guys, it's so important to understand that when they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, they immediately say, well, that data is not correct. That information is not correct. Burn the data. Burn it. Destroy it. Shred it. Take the hard drives out of the computers. You think, gosh, is, is it that bad? Yeah, it, it really, really is is that bad. I, I've got a friend of mine. I have known him for over oh, 20 years, and he's a car salesperson over in Tampa. And I went over yesterday to visit him because I haven't heard from him in months. And I text him and text him and text him, and I get to the dealership, and I find out that he's basically got some severe health issues going right now. Now, he had had all three of his vaccines. He bragged to me about it, told me he had had all three vaccines, and he made sure he got in line. He was the first person to get in line, and he wanted his vaccines. And he's had all the vaccines, including all the boosters, and he'll take as many as he can get. Well, uh, I wish I could give you good news about all this stuff, but I can't. Uh, he basically uh, developed gangrene in his foot. Yeah. Uh, you know, his foot started to rot off. And he had to go into the hospital, was hospitalized with intravenous, basically, IVs of antibiotics, trying to figure out how to, you know, kill the gangrene in his body. His circulation had gotten so bad from the blood clots that have been shown to be caused multiple times now by the vaccines that now they were talking about amputating his foot. Yeah. And uh, like Austin said this morning, the young lady who's 20 years old, now they're talking about taking both of her legs, both of her legs, amputating them. And the reason they do that is because of the lack of circulation from the blood clots. It gets into the femoral arteries and it starts plugging up and basically congelling inside of the body and the blood can't flow properly to the capillaries and back to the venules, back to the heart and back to the lungs. And what ends up happening is the foot starts to rot. Yeah, it's, it's, it starts to rot. It, it becomes infected with gangrene. When that happens, 
they got amputated. The same thing that happens with diabetics. Diabetes is the number one cause of amputation in the United States. People don't realize what happens when you inject insulin into your body. It's a salt. It basically dehydrates the blood vessels, and it causes them to the capillaries to break down. And, and when this happens, they basically stop having proper circulation. Their feet start to swell. They start getting edema. They get a lack of circulation. And in many cases, they have to have their feet and legs amputated. I've seen it repeatedly. It's the number one cause of amputations in the United States. The same thing is happening now with the clot shots because they're creating clots, which is doing the same thing that diabetes would have done as far as destruction of the blood vessels. And these people's legs are rotting off, and they're having to have them cut off. And I, I just sit here. I just shake my head, and I go, wow, this is a nightmare. But I remember speaking to my friend, and him bragging about having the shot and laughing about it. And I told him, I said, I really hope you don't have problems with this because these things are really bad about causing clots. So yesterday I finally sent him some more literature on it because he didn't want any of the first time I tried to send it to him. He told me he had taken the shot and he was going to listen to his doctor. I said, all right, it's fine. So I sent him some shots about the clots causing gangrene and the clots causing amputations, et cetera, et cetera. And I told him, since he's going to his cardiologist today, because they're going to go in now and surgically try to repair the femoral artery and get the clots out of the artery. I mean, this is a nightmare, guys. And he now is basically telling me he's going to give this information to his cardiologist, and he wants to know why he never had this information to start with, though I tried to give it to him. And quite frankly, he didn't want to listen. And this is the same scenario painted over and over and over again, because we the trust fund generation, not me, because, I mean, I, my parents came over. I'm that first generation German. I was my mom was born in Germany. I was born here as an American. And, and here's the thing. I, I've got a, I've got I've realized that I've got, I had to have a work ethic when I was young because my parents you know, really didn't have anything. My parents were divorced and I had to work and work and work hundred hour work weeks. And I, I wasn't a trust fund baby. And, and so it, it's always amazing to me how people really don't understand that if you really put your nose to the grindstone and you really do well in school and you really work hard that you have an upper edge they say you're lucky but then the reality is isn't that work you know is what do they old how's the old adage go the the harder i work the luckier i get <laughs> I, I know that sounds awful but it's true isn't it and, you know, and, and that's why I always pray that my footsteps are ordered by the Lord, that, you know, that I'm always at the right place in the right time every time. That's why I want to be here with, here with you right now. You know, I, you know, I've, I've got so many of you guys. One of the guys, one of you guys emailed me this morning and his, his, his girlfriend has died and he's by himself. His name's Drew. And I prayed for him. And he goes, well, you seem like one of the only people that care uh, about me. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like you're my friend. And I, and I told him, I said, I am your friend. And I want you guys all to know that. I love you guys. I pray for you every day. You're like my family. And it means the world. Because when I meet you guys, you guys are always saying to me, wow, you're exactly like you are on the radio. You're just the same. It's because I, I really do appreciate you. And you mean the world to me. You say, well, you don't even know me. Yeah, I do. You know me too. It's called quantum entanglement. You know, when I pray for you every single day, everything gets entangled emotionally and spiritually with me and you guys. And that's why you mean the world to me. I mean that from all my, from the bottom of the heart. That's why I want to thank you again for the support you do of Health Masters. Because without you guys supporting us, we couldn't do the show. We, we are so banned now, shadow banned now, it's ridiculous because of the information that we're putting out. Oh, by the way, as you know, I've chastised Donald Trump repeatedly now for the 
January the 6th, not letting anybody basically be pardoned when he was still in office. He could have easily pardoned everybody involved. And now he's saying that he'll consider pardons for some of those people if he's reelected as president. The man nauseates me. I guess his, his people must be listening to the Ted and Austin Brower show. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I, all I know is this. I know there's algorithms out there. And now he's been told by his, quote, unquote, you know, his reelection strategy team to stop pushing the kill shots because it's affecting his base. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And remember how he basically dismissed Mike Lindell in the White House when Mike Lindell came to him and told him what he could do to stop the steal you know, with Pence and all the rest of them from a legal standpoint. And he had given he gave Mike Lindell like 10 seconds of time to set him upstairs to basically deal with him. And now he's bragging on Mike Lindell. Trump is a chameleon, guys. He does whatever he's told to do in order to affect the outcome of the Kabbalist Luciferian elite that control him. He's being used to par- as part of the narrative. And if any of you haven't seen through him yet, as far as the guy who basically pushed the red flag, red flag gun laws years ago when he was still in the White House the second year and he was pushing his homosexual agenda. He said he wanted to be the most pod, the most gay administration, gay friendly president in the history of the White House. Donald Trump said this, okay? You guys can look it up. And he also wanted red flag gun laws to be able to arrest people without due, due cause and without proper court intervention as far as taking their guns away all over the united states i called up one of those tv evangelists i'm not going to mention the name i no longer associate with this person they're not who i thought they were which is pretty much common with the tv evangelists once you get to know them and i this guy basically had been in the white house with trump and i said you better tell trump that he needs to stop this about push, pushing the queer agenda but no, he doesn't do that. I said, yeah, he does. And you need to tell him to stop pushing the red flag gun laws through his daughter who's contacted every member of Congress to do that nationwide. Well, he doesn't does do that. Yeah, yeah, he does. I said, if he doesn't stop pushing that narrative, he's going to destroy his base. And within a month, he quit pushing those narratives. Sadly, he's another, he's all he's turned into is another completely compromised politician that says whatever he wants to say. And then turns right back around and is told what he's supposed to say, and he listens, but he doesn't do what's best for we, the people of the United States of America. Why hasn't he pardoned Julian Assange and Snowden? Why hasn't he pardoned, before he left office, all of the people involved in January the 6th? Why did he not stand adamantly against red flag gun laws? Why did he have to openly promote homosexuals into his in positions of power and authority in his administration and promote the fact that he was doing that? Why did he have to do all of that if he's supposed, if he's supposed to be a Christian? He's not a Christian, guys. He's probably a Kabbalist Masonic Lodge lackey is what he is that's being told what to do by the highest levels of the Masonic Lodge, which are being run by the international banking cartels through their satanic network and infiltration. That's what's going on with Donald Trump. So you say, well, that's, that's, that's terrible. We, whatever the hope we have, the hope we have is Jesus. That's it. And unless we understand that, it's not going to change. you got to find out who you can and who you can't criticize, and you'll find out who rules you. Whoopi, this day on AP Newswire, Whoopi Goldberg is sorry for Holocaust, not about race, Mark. Wait a minute. Why am I quoting Whoopi Goldberg? Because she's a liberal, you know, expletive, expletive. The actress Whoopi Goldberg has apologized for saying the Holocaust was not about race, comments that have caused her a backlash. She made 
the initial comments on the ABC's The View program on Monday morning and quickly apologized hours later. It was welcomed by Jewish leaders, Zionist, hardcore Jewish leaders, dual Israeli citizens, and, of course, the Anti-Defamation League. And basically the chairman of Israel's National Holocaust Memorial invited her for an educational visit. We need to educate Whoopi Goldberg. On today's show, I said the Holocaust was not about race. It was about man's inhumanity to man. That's pretty much correct. The Holocaust being all the people that died through the Holocaust of World War II. She goes, I should have said it about both. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazis' systematic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race, I stand corrected, Goldberg said. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support and will never waver, as she groveled. I'm sorry for the hurt that I've caused, groveling more. Written with my sincerest apologies, ultimate grovel, whoopee girl Goldberg, she said. Hosts on The View were discussing a Tennessee school board's banning of Mouse, a graphic novel about the Nazi death camps. Now, you know, it's unbelievable to me. Then Ann Navarro, who basically was on the view with her, said it's about white supremacy. There we go. They got to do it, don't they? Don't they have to do it? They've always got to go after the white people because they've got to destroy the major fabric of the society of the United States. The white people are still the majority, as though we've done a really lousy job running the country. We're still the majority. And so they've got to destroy the majority and bring the special interest groups back up and through the middle of the majority to fragment the majority to destroy the United States of America. That's the goal here, about taking out the white people. Now, I'm not saying that all white people are good people, and I'm not saying that all black people are good people. I'm certainly not saying that any race, any color, any group of people have all good people because they don't. But what I am saying is this. If you destroy the majority of the population, and you bring in other groups of people who do not share the same values or the same views or the same history as the population of the country that is the majority, what's going to happen is you're going to destroy the very fabric of that society until that country no longer even recognizes who it is or what it is or how it was founded. And that's what's happening right now. Find out who you cannot criticize. Find out if you even say something that's even a positive statement or a negative statement or just a general statement, you've got to issue apologies. Find out who you have to do that to, and you'll find out who rules you. That's a fact. You'll find out who rules the media, and you'll find out who rules the world through the international banking cartels and who rules the world through the international, how should I say, networks that are all controlled by State Street, Blackguard, and Vanguard. This is, you know, this, this is just insanity. That people have to constantly back up, back up, and back up and apologize for comments that they make in, an, in a country that has First Amendment rights. Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg had the right to say what she said. She did. I have the right to say what I say in the United States. Why do we have to constantly apologize? Oh, that's right, because they're building a third temple, aren't they? They want the Antichrist to come out, don't they? And they want to make sure that they do everything they possibly can to manipulate everyone to the best of their ability, this synagogue of Satan that rules the world. There I said it. They want to make sure that everybody bows down and doesn't criticize them and doesn't say anything about anything that they do for fear of reprisal because that becomes self-censorship. And that's what they want everybody to do, to shut up 
and don't say anything. Wear your stupid mask, peasant. Take your stinking clot shot and shut up. That's the goal of the New World Order, to reduce the population and to wipe out any influence white people will ever have again in the United States of America. Let us completely forget that it was the white people that came over here from Europe, the pilgrims, and basically built the United States. And then a lot of the other quote-unquote, how should I say, Kabbalist bankers, they decided to bring in slaves from other countries, including Africa, into the United States, including Ireland, and a lot of other white slaves and black slaves that were basically subjected to all kinds of horrible inhumane treatment in the United States and were used basically to build a lot of the infrastructure. Let's not forget any of that either. And let's not forget that slaves were both in the north and in the south in the United States. And let us certainly not forget that Abraham Lincoln only freed the slaves in the south and not the north, and he had no right to do so because they were already a separate nation. Let's not forget any of that and understand who we can't criticize and what they've done to get us to this point where we self-censors. Austin, what do you think, bud? You nailed it on the head. The Emancipation Proclamation only freed the slaves in the South. It was a wartime tactic specifically designed to break any type of unity the South had as far as with fighting individuals and slaves that they were using as fighting individuals. Now, I've never condoned nor have I endorsed slavery at all. I think it's horrific. But what they did was not anything – what Abraham Lincoln did was not anything short of a wartime tactic. It had nothing to do about rights of human beings or anti-slavery. That was the zero aspect of it. They spun that in the mainstream narrative in the newspapers to make Abraham Lincoln seem like he was a great person for the people and he was supporting what was going on as far as preventing slavery. That's all they did it for, and that's the only reason the history books even slightly remember any of the truth that actually happened. They rewrote the entire history of the Civil War and made it simply a war over slavery, and it was not that at all. It was a war of states' rights. Do your own research on it. And yes, you're exactly spot on as well. They are doing this concerted effort to prevent anybody from saying anything about anything. The school systems have been one of the worst communist indoctrination camps, as I talked about in detail yesterday. You want to hear something even worse? In Virginia now, despite the governor issuing an executive order prohibiting schools from imposing face masks, they've done that. Virginia does not allow face masks in the schools, according to the governor. Well, you have one of the hardcore leftist communist counties, Loudoun County Public School Board, has now vowed to suspend any kids who refuse to wear a mask to their face while in the school system. This is 100% communist indoctrination and designed to break the psyche, just like I talked about yesterday. The school board system sent out a notice to parents stating, beginning on Wednesday, February 2nd, that's tomorrow, students who willfully continue to refuse to follow COVID mitigation measures are required to be suspended from school in relation to violation of school board policy 8210, introduction to school discipline section F2, willful continued disobedience of school rules and regulation of school personnel, defiance of an authority of any teacher, principal, or have an authority on the school board. The letter tells parents that a student who is suspended because of noncompliance with COVID mitigation measures may return to school only when they'd agree in writing to follow COVID mitigation measures throughout the entire school day and all indoor school-related events. What? 
So basically they're saying that the teachers are almighty God on campus. And if they tell you to sit on the floor and lick their boot, you have to do it. If they tell you to put a muzzle on, you do it. If they tell you to put three muzzles on, you do it. You do not ask questions and you follow orders. These guys over at the Loudoun County Public School, that's L-O-U-D-O-U-N, I suggest any of our listeners or people that are in that area, you guys rain cane on them. And I mean that sincerely. You go in there and you go to those meetings and you come in 100, 200, 300 person deep and you state your mind and you speak your three minutes. Don't get violent. Don't make threats. Don't do anything illicit. Make sure your voice is heard, though, and they know this is absolutely illegal, illicit, unconstitutional and child abuse. One mom even said in there, she goes, I don't understand this at all. Each parent should be able to make the decision on what makes sense for their individual family. She goes, my little son has now had chronic asthma for the last two years of dealing with this. He's been on a nebulizer for almost two years now because he's had to have something strapped on his face every day and cannot breathe properly, and it's creating serious health problems. That's what you said. This isn't abnormal behavior. This isn't abnormal instances that has happened at all. I've talked to you guys about this in detail with the research. If you guys recall, back at the end of 2020, there was a Dr. James Meehan, MD, who stated and warned that masks were causing well-known risks that were well-studied and they were not being discussed in any type of risk analysis. Dr. James Meehan, MD, and I quote, I'm seeing patients that are coming down with severe facial rashes, fungal infections, bacteria infections in the lungs. Reports coming from my colleagues all over the world are suggesting that bacterial pneumonia are on the rise. Why might that be? Because untrained members of the public are wearing medical masks repeatedly in a non-sterile fashion that they're becoming contaminated. They pull them off. They go on their car seat, on their rearview mirror. They fall on the floor, out of their pocket, from their countertop, and they're reapplying the mask. This should have to be worn fresh and sterile every single time, but this is not able to be done on a regular basis out in society. New research is showing that cloth masks may be increasing the aerialization of SARS-CoV-2 virus in the environment, causing increased transmission of the disease. In February or March, we were told not to wear masks. What changed? The science didn't change. The politics did. This is about all compliance. It's not about science. Our opposition is using low-level, retrospective, observational studies that should not be the basis for making a medical decision of this nature. That was Dr. James Meehan, MD, and that was the end of 2020. So if you're having doctors, and he's actually one of the doctors, about 20 other that I quoted at the school board, if you've got numerous doctors, numerous research, numerous physicians that are coming out and saying, this doesn't make sense, and this is exactly what I said at the school board, children are not, claimed, are not trained medical professionals. Medical professionals, when they ever, ever wear a mask, and you see doctors wear a mask and they're in surgery, they scrub down. They strap down with gloves. They have somebody put almost all their gear on them. If anything becomes contaminated at any time on their mask, they have to start it all over again. There are very specific requirements in the medical community when you're wearing masks like this. The problem is most of them have even left those out now where a lot of these physicians and nurses are stuck wearing masks all day, but they swap them out all day long. If you have a five- or six-year-old kid at elementary school, and they're in school for, what, six, seven hours a day, and they have one mask with them that they're supposed to wear, do you really think there's going to be any level of sterile position that's going to occur with that mask? Absolutely not. And this is what so many parents brought up at the meeting. So the fact that this is going on at the school board in Loudoun County, I highly encourage everybody to make your voice heard if you're in that area. Because, again, 
This has nothing to do with safety, protection, or science. It has everything to do with indoctrination, compliance, and breaking the psyche of these young children. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. A Japanese pharmaceutical company, Kawako, said on Monday now that the drug ivermectin has an antiviral effect against Omicron and other COVID-19 variants. The findings was made in a Tokyo Kistado University at Joint Non-Clinical Research Project, which has been testing the drug as a potential treatment for the disease. They said ivermectin shows the same antiviral effect on all mutant strains and variants, including Alpha, Delta, Omicron. The company noted that ivermectin suppresses the invasion of the virus and inhibits the replication, and stacking it with zinc even increases the effectiveness of it. Ivermectin is expected to be applied as a therapeutic drug for all COVID infectious disease in the very short future. Wow, isn't that funny? Isn't that ironic that all that information that we talked about starting in summer 2020 and all the different nutraceutical supplements and zinc and vitamin C and D3 and quercetin and ivermectin drug, all of those seem to work out so good for everybody that I know has used them over the last two years. But yet, man, isn't it funny? The previous doctor I just talked about 20 minutes ago, she had her medical license revoked because she told her clients and her patients that they could take ivermectin and stack it with other nutrients and apparently she was a danger to society isn't it funny how exactly what dad was just saying find out who you can't criticize and you will find out who rules you find out what you're not allowed to talk about and you will find out very quickly what the truth is is weird and as sinister as that sounds it's the truth Find out what you're not allowed to talk about, and you will quickly find out what the truth is of whatever topic you're looking into. Also, too, in other news, I thought this was a great video. It's sad to me that Grandma is the one doing this now. There's a video at a Walmart where a man is videotaping a assailant with a giant shopping cart full of stuff. I think this looks like it's almost like Seattle area, something like that. I'm sure it's obviously in a very liberal city because they said this, this is happening repeatedly in some of those areas. And this guy's got his bicycle with a shopping cart full of stuff with a ski mask on. And he's walking out the store, and there's a guy following him, recording him, doing absolutely nothing. And it's funny. The grandma is about to leave the same exit he is. She shoves her full shopping cart in front of him. He tries to move it out of the way. This lady's probably like 75, 80 years old. She grabs the dude's ski mask, pulls off his ski mask, basically starts yelling at him, tells him to grab his stuff and get the blank out of the store. He grabs his backpack, jumps on his bike, and basically dashes out the door and takes off. Now, what's the problem here with this picture? That we got 70, 80-year-old grandmas that basically have more guts than a lot of guys now that are running around. That we have individuals that have found it so easy that they can just walk into stores and steal stuff. And there's pretty much no consequences to their actions whatsoever anymore. We've seen the videos. This is exactly what the Cloward and Piven strategy is designed to do. You relax the laws on the criminals. You only prosecute the law-abiding citizens. You allow the criminals to become more and more brazen, more and more violent, more and more thievery, more and more just aggressive. And then you continue to allow them to bond out after 24 hours with a $100 fine and go right back on the street, which is happening in L.A. repeatedly every single day now. It's, it's almost a, a epidemic down there of crime. 
And then you turn around and say, well, it's because we're trying to do criminal reform. <laughs> really? We're doing criminal reform. That's why the FBI still has over 500 patriots in custody and will not give them pretrial release after over a year of an incident that occurred because they're still doing investigations into misdemeanor trespassing. But we have grand theft, lewd and lascivious behavior, battery. I mean, the list goes on in L.A., and people turn around and break into boxcars on railroad trucks like we're in the old Western days now and loot the railroad cars, and they get arrested, and they get charged with petty theft, and then get released on like a $100 bail and back out 24 hours later. Yes, that's exactly what's occurring. Why isn't the FBI involved what's going on in California? Why isn't the FBI involved what's going on in Seattle? Why isn't the ATF involved what's going on with Chicago with one of the highest violent firearm homicide history rates of all time in 2021? Well, that's because the alphabet agencies aren't there to design to protect people. They're designed to protect their individuals to tell them what to do. When you're dealing with agencies like the ATF that intentionally runs machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartel and intentionally loses them and then goes, whoopsie, that just came out of our bad idea factory. We'll try not to do that again. Or what they did in Ruby Ridge and Randy Weaver's wife and his son and his dog or what they did in Waco and the list goes on the line. And then you see what goes on and the criminals continue to go away. You realize real quick, they're not there for your protection. They're there to dominate and control the situation, whatever they see fit. You now have this new bill that has now been being pushed. I saw this now. just came out the other day that wants to do massive restrictions on FFL gun dealers now. They want to have like a $2,000 fee every single year on top of the other fees that they have to pay. They have all these massive restrictions on what they have to do as far as barricading the business, keeping firearms in safe areas, and if at any point in time their inventory is not 100% up to date, they immediately are criminally fined and charged criminally. On top of that, they want to have a national database that goes into a digital register of every firearm that's sold that can basically be accessed by the FBI and ATF at any time. Not 4473 paper forms that are on the file cabinet. They want to have a full digital database. Well, yeah. It, do, you, do you remember the last time the grown felon with multiple murders on his record went into the gun store to try to legally buy a handgun for a background check for himself? Yeah, because that doesn't really ever happen, ever. This is the lie we've been told, and this is why it is so important. The Second Amendment cannot be allowed to be eroded any further than it already has, because if you didn't realize, and we haven't already seen, the level of contentious, aggressive behavior against the American public on simply wanting to maintain our freedoms and not want to be injected with experimental shots, and we're the most armed country in the entire world, What do you think they're going to do to us if they ever actually successfully disarm us? Think about that for a second and get back to me on it. What do you think, Dad? Well, they'll haul us off to concentration camps is what they'll do. Uh, There won't be any – you're not going to collect $200. You're not going to pass go. You're going to go directly to concentration camp jail. That's what you're going to do if we didn't have a weapons. I'm, I'm just telling you guys the truth. Without our Second Amendment right now, we would be fangless. And, and that's what you, you mentioned earlier, also, when you started talking about Cloward and Piven, 
you know, those, those professors that basically were unbelievably liberal. And they basically said the way you overwhelm a republic is you basically destroy it by overwhelming it with social infrastructure, you know, you know, plans as far as, you know, giving everybody the rights except for the people that work. And then pretty soon they become, the system becomes so overwhelmed, the country goes bankrupt and collapses internally. That's the goal for them. You know what they did. Remember, they came to Columbia University. They were all this is all pushed out of the Frankfurt School, and this is exactly what Cloward and Piven was. They were two unbelievably hardcore communist professors promoted via the Frankfurt School that we've talked about so many times. That started in in, in Moscow, then went to Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany, and fled Germany in 1933 and went to Switzerland for a year, and they went to Columbia University. It gave us the birth of cultural Marxism in the United States in which they really feel as though they can destroy the United States internally by basically telling us what we can and can't do, you know, and and destroying us and not allowing us to work and not giving us, how should I say, rights any longer that God gave us, our God-given rights to take those away and to get everybody to stop pulling the cart and put everybody in the cart. And pretty soon, you know, if you've got a 100 people pulling a cart and you've got, you know, couple of people that are sick or they can't really work and they're in the cart and they're getting pulled the people that are pulling the cart don't even notice it it's not a big deal the society can easily carry the cart it's not an issue you can have some social welfare programs for people that are seriously injured or or basically vaccine damaged or whatever but when you start putting everybody in the cart now you got one person trying to pull the other 99 in the cart it doesn't work what ends up happening is the cart stops and that's the economic world engine that we use that term. They're shutting down the economic world engine because they want to bring in their new world order with Klaus Schwab. Remember what Klaus Schwab said that this COVID was an opportunity to basically push us into a new world order, to push to basically get the new reset going where you'll own nothing. They're, 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 they set this entire thing up to do that, and, and that's and that's who's doing all of this stuff. And, and once you understand it. You, you really start to realize what we're up against. In fact, here's an article. The Anti-Defamation League changes the definition of racism so only whites can be labeled as racists. Yeah, I'm not even making this up. This is from G. Edward Griffin. I'm going to read what he said. The Anti-Defamation League, a group that lobbies for Israel and promotes censorship, has changed the definition of racism so that it only applies to white people. The marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. Wait a minute. That's what they're saying. Their previous definition for racism, racism said racism is a belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another, that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by him or her inborn biological characteristics. The term racism is said to have originated with communist Lenin Trotsky in 1933 but it only was popularized, popularized by the media in recent decades. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the new definition of racism now. The marginalization of and or oppression of people of color based on socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. That means that only white people can be racist now. Yeah. I know a bunch of Hispanics that are unbelievably racist. I do run into them. I've read their articles. I know a bunch of blacks that are really, really racist. I mean, to the point that I couldn't even associate with them because they hated whites so much. And I know some white people that are also racist who believe that they're genetically superior to other races. And I don't associate with any of these people. I don't have anything to do with any of them. 
But now you're saying that the only person who can be a racist is a white person. That means a black person or a Hispanic person or a Chinese person or any other person other than a white person who says anything about anybody else is okay. But if a white person says anything about anybody, they're automatically a racist. This is some pretty sick, twisted stuff, guys. And how in the world do people think this is okay and it's not going to continue to destroy the fabric of the society? This is exactly what I talked about in my first segment. The majority of the population in the United States is still white. It won't be very much longer with all the influx to the southern borders, but the reality is right now it is. So now all white people are going to become racist if they say anything about anyone saying – so if you say, I don't want people coming from other countries who are basically you know, not being go, taken through the proper citizenship procedures to learn what the United States is all about, moved into my neighborhood because they're not okay. They're not, they're not adapted to our country. They don't understand what the United States is. You're racist. Why am I racist? You said you don't want to come over here. I don't want anybody coming over here. That's right. You're a white person. You're, you're racist. But I don't. I, the, the Hispanics, they don't want them coming over either. Well, they're not a racist. Why, why aren't they a racist? Because they're not white. Only white people can be racist. Guys, this thing is a circular reasoning that's mind-boggling. The problem is, is that the majority of the liberal people out there that can't read or write I hate to say that, who basically been dumbed down by the educational system and some conservatives also, they have no ability to break circular reasoning. They don't. They have no ability to come in and question it because they don't have any concrete rational thought. They're, they're Basically, they're walking through their life like they're in a cloud, like they're in a stupor because of the fluoride, because of the tricyclic antidepressants, because of the sleeping pills. You know, let's not forget the sleeping pills. You know, all of these things happen and it clouds your reasoning and your judgment skills. So finally, you just give up because all you're trying to do is survive and stay awake, you know, not run into somebody when you drive because you're so doped. Guys, listen to me. That's not God's best for you. God wants you to have life and have it in abundance. He really does. He wants you to have the power of the blood covenant through the Lamb of God, through Jesus Christ, and to have a relationship with God through Christ all the days of your life. That's what he wants for you. You're his kids. He wants you to be blessed. But this is not that. They're trying to destroy everything that God did to the United States as far as the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of having owning our weapons, all of this stuff. They're trying to take it away so they can bring in their new Kabbalist world order. That'll be run through probably the... ADL or the rest of these guys that will tell everybody if they say anything about anyone, they're a racist, which they just did. I just read it to you. This is unreal. Guys, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. I had the opportunity to pray for you again this morning. It's always my pleasure and my privilege to do so. I appreciate you guys. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. And more of what I was saying earlier at the beginning of the show when I was saying that everybody needs to make sure they're well prepped with whatever aspects they need. Everybody's got different needs and different environments and different areas of the country and the world that they're in. But Zero Hedge just put out an article that was from a tweet from D.C. Homeland Security and Emergency Management. This is talking about up in Washington, D.C. And it said if you're going to the grocery store to prepare for winter weather – Please just buy what you need and leave some for others. You may have noticed empty shelves in some stores due to national supply chain issues, but there's no need to buy more than you normally would. (laughs) When you see something like that, that's when you need to go buy stuff more than you normally would. And I don't mean just buying up, you know, a 
whole shopping cart full of toilet paper. I actually mean real tangible stuff. I mean, it's not bad to be stocked up on anything like that. But again, it's also important to make sure you got adequate supplies, mainly food, water, medications if you need it, and especially first aid. If you need to have a couple tourniquets on hand or quick clot or basically medical devices or suit, uh, you know, sutures. I mean, whatever you need, you know what you need best. And do not do your own research and start reading and start learning and also learn how to use a lot of that stuff. It's always good to take a first responder EMT class. I did a whole EMT school back when, when I got out of college. I was for an entire semester. And it was very interesting to learn a lot of that stuff. And the reason why is because if you get an emergency situation, you don't want to be reading the directions on how to apply a tourniquet if you can't figure out how to do it already. It's not really the best time to learn. It's probably best to at least experiment a half a dozen times on yourself or others so you at least have the general idea of how to use it and make sure it's done properly and you're not basically you know, choking yourself off with whatever you need, but you're also using enough to stop the bleeding. Just a thought. So again, thank you for the continued support of Health Masters, my friends. Please keep up the fight. Everybody's doing great. I'm getting emails from all over the country right now. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people are sending me articles. People are from everywhere. I'm getting feedback on what's going on, and people are standing up. So continue to get in the fight and stay strong. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote for what you want to see the product of the week win tomorrow. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.